You're listening to That's the Industry Podcast, episode number 41. Today, you're going to learn how a classically trained violinist transitioned into the trap violinist. What does that mean exactly? Listen up and find out. You're listening to That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. The podcast that takes you inside all the aspects of the entertainment industry. Directly from the people who are making it happen. And now, your host, Thomas Jordan. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by artist, violinist, and content creator, all the way from Los Angeles, Zach Klejan, aka Just Klejan. How's it going, buddy? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me. How did you get started in the industry? Yeah, so I, uh, real quick, I've been playing violin since I was three, and I played most of my life studying in Atlanta, and then I put everything down um, and went to college and kind of just focused on getting a business degree and then used that degree to move to Los Angeles. I knew since I was young that I wanted to be in LA. I I knew I wanted to do something in entertainment. I wasn't sure what it was, but I moved there with a a four-tier plan to figure it out. Kind of just started experimenting with a bunch of different things. Uh, Like actually my corporate job I was working, I was investing in some things i was i was writing i was trying to create an app and then yeah i was putting a little bit into music um i picked up my violin again and started just putting up like covers on social media of like popular songs and i got a really good response from them so i, I kind of just like kept putting energy into all of those things and my third year out here i looked at what was giving me the most return and like what had the most potential and what was giving me the most happiness and it was kind of music so I ended up like quitting my job and you know giving my app to my partner and uh, just like really focusing everything I could on music and it it's that was a year and a half ago so I'm still very very new to this industry and still um, I would say trying to to break in I mean I, I definitely have my toe in the door at this point um, and and that's been an interesting journey in itself since I started pursuing it full time like my first six months I I really gained zero traction like i i was just trying to uh put stuff on social media and trying to make my own original music and trying to you know go viral i would say i was filming a lot and doing a lot of uh content and you know nothing was really hitting too much i was kind of marketing to like international markets like india and like germany and and just places where i thought i could gain some sort of following through social media because america's tough america needs needs to as a high uh, threshold of, of value. They want to see high value, high, con- high production content. Um, but then, you know, I started, I started just putting out like my original music and I, I started really like digging into this niche of trap violin. I knew that I wanted to do something different. I knew that like, that's what it takes in this industry. You have to, you have to find your own thing. You have to like to really, I think to really succeed in your path like you know it's everyone's everything is different every situation is different but find your niche right so i found my niche in trap violin which is basically like hard-hitting cinematic beats that you normally find with like travis scott or like even ti i'm kind of just like putting the violin over them in, in ways and vocals over them in ways that hadn't been done before and it was really when i started to to do that and like really kind of carve out my own thing that i started to get more recognition and i started to get more credibility and then I started uh, just collaborating more and, and getting more opportunities like 
on, on bigger stages. And then that's when I you know, kind of got into TikTok and TikTok is really more than anything else done the most for my career in, in the music industry and really broken me. And I would say the most into the music industry, the organic marketing potential on TikTok is incredible and it's affected all of my other platforms. So a year and a half in, um, you know, I've got like 15 songs out on Spotify. I put them all out in the past year. Uh, Apple Music, all of that. I've got four original music videos out on YouTube, um, over 120,000 followers on TikTok. And it's just been uh, pounding. It's just been chopping wood. It's just been consistent content, consistent original content, and just like consistently putting stuff out, good or bad. There's been good stuff, there's been bad stuff, and just seeing what sticks. And then that's where I'm at right now. Man, you just covered like I know that was a lot. <laughs> like I know my that was whole, a lot. My, no, no, it's good because I'm definitely touching up on all those things. I'm glad you brought up your own niche and for people who play violin, yet yeah, you, you know, you do your trap music. So I'm always curious to how people got into certain things, whether it's you know art or drums or you're, you know in your case uh, a violin. Were your parents like did they just introduce it to you or were you just in band class one time? It's like oh, what is that? Like what? Like what forced you to pick it up? It was like my choice, and I like always had an obsession with the violin. But I'm actually a fourth generation musician, um, as as far as I know. It might even be more than that. But my whole dad's side of the family has played music, and a lot of them are three out of four of them are violinists. And uh, so it was just kind of like a decision my parents made for me when I was literally two and nine months old. They just gave me like a you know baby violin and. I started taking lessons and I wasn't really um, allowed to quit because uh, I really didn't enjoy it growing up, to be honest. Like it was definitely like a chore and it was something I had to do before I could, you know, watch TV or go hang out with my friends. And if I didn't get the audition, then I couldn't go to the party, blah, blah, blah. It was a high stress thing for me growing up and I had terrible stage fright and I, you know, was forced to play in front of a hundred people two or three times a year. Um, so it was definitely not something that I (laughs) thought I would be doing full-time growing up. Um, But when I, and that's why the second I kind of like emancipated myself when I was like 17. And the second I got out from under my mom's roof, I stopped playing violin and, but I was still in love with music and I was pursuing, uh, you know, being a vocalist in Atlanta. Um, And that's where I got my love for hip hop and trap is just growing up in Atlanta. Um, definitely being surrounded by that culture and that music really, really, really inspired me. So uh, I spent, you know, a few years trying to do just like vocalist music without using my violin um, at the end of high school. And then I went to college and, you know, people started to see me and be like, oh, you're that like white rapper dude. Like, what's up? Man? <laughs> and I, I had to make a choice like my freshman year. I was like, do I want to be that guy for the next four years or do I want to just like go to UGA and like party and learn business. And I chose to put down the music and just go back to school. And then when I went out to LA, like I just felt something missing, man. I just felt like there was a piece of me that like wasn't there that, that had been there before. And, you know, when I picked up the violin again and started playing music that I liked, not what people were telling me to play, um, it was like a completely different instrument. And it was amazing because I fell in love with it. Like, in a way that I'd never been able to do growing up. Um, so now it's just like a huge part of me and a huge part of my, my life and my soul and my happiness. And it's a great way to express myself. 
When you picked up the violin after all those years, do you remember the first thing you played? <laughs> yeah, I played my favorite. Uh, I pl- I played my favorite classical piece. Um, I hadn't I hadn't really ever experimented outside of classical, so I picked it up and just like played my favorite classical piece. Got it back together. I remember, I put a video up on Instagram. It's <laughs> like five years ago, and uh, yeah, and then it was like months until I, I put up something else, and this time it was a cover of a hip-hop song and that took a little bit of time to kind of figure out and write to i I can read and write music just from my classical teaching so it's yeah it's how i started i just started writing like original remixes to like popular songs and it was really cool the the feedback i got from putting that out is that pretty hard to do is it tough to kind of convert a hip-hop beat to the violin yeah it's just different i don't know it's like it was definitely a learning curve like i remember when i first started out like it was really just taking i really just took like the melodies that people were singing or rapping and kind of just mimicked them and then added in like little flares in between and that wasn't that difficult um but as i've grown as like an artist and grown more into the, in this industry in this field of trap music and, and trap violin, it's actually, I've found that it is a little more complicated than that. And, but also simple, like it's, it's really uh, the secret to, to trap violin and, and probably other instruments interacting with trap music is interacting with the bass. It's, which is different than a lot of other, and like an EDM and pop, you kind of want to interact with like the melodies and like the, the bottom, the top and the bottom layers of the, the melodies. But, but trap music is the bass has its own melody and that's, really a powerful thing about trap and so it's just kind of like interacting with that is is the secret sauce i've found and then from then on it gets you know it's just a matter of being creative i love it man i love different things i mean a ton of people play the violin but it's like there's a handful of people who do it their way which i can definitely tell you're doing in your tiktok profile it says orchestra geeks assemble (laughs) and this isn't to sound bad at all but it's like you know it's almost like a band geek thing but now it's like a cool thing especially the way you're doing it how has that evolution affected you yeah i mean that's like a huge part of like why i'm doing what i'm doing honestly it's like that is one of my biggest inspirations is just taking all of the flack i got as a kid and all of my orchestra mates got as a kid because Orchestra was like not the cool thing to do uh, growing up, at least where I'm from in Atlanta. Like, <clears throat> we definitely got looked down on. We definitely got made fun of. Like, the cool thing was the football players and the lacrosse players, and even theater was was cooler than orchestra. Like, so it was just like, and and I get it. I mean, they're, they're not like totally wrong. Like, in orchestra class, we only played like music from the 1800s. Like, maybe some contemporary stuff every once in a while, but it was still like very classical and not very like modern and hip and cool. So it's like, it's important to me to, to redefine how the violin can be played as an instrument. I mean, the originals and the traditionals and the classics are amazing. Like, don't get me wrong, but I want to, I want to inspire kids and people of all ages to really like think outside of the box, not just with the violin, but with all instruments, like, to play them in a way that they haven't fundamentally been played before because it's when you go out of the box that you kind of find some of the most growth and find the, some of the most value and, and differences and uniqueness. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's just, it, it would be really cool if I could help inspire uh, the geeks, the orchestra geeks of the world to, 
to see that they can play it in a way that is cool, to play any instrument that in a way that is cool, um, in a way that we were, weren't really taught or I wasn't really taught growing up. Mm-hmm. How how would you teach something like that? Because I feel like, especially in the creative space, want to want to get outside the box, but yeah. I feel like it's almost like they have to, you know, stay the line, you know, like whether it's violin, drums or whatever, singing, like you have to like tote that line. And then I feel yeah. like we get to a point where it's like, okay, this is boring or like, I don't know, but why do you think it's so yeah. hard to get outside the box? It's a, it's a good point. Yeah. It's, it's definitely easier said than done. Um, if it was easy, you know, everyone would do it, but it's true that the only thing I would say is just to like be experimental and kind of look at like the bigger picture, like simplify things, kind of just look at like how people have done things in the past and say like, okay, like for example, like Lindsay Sterling, I don't know if you know who Lindsay Sterling is. I I, I was going to get to her, but yeah, I'll (laughs) let you go. Yeah. I know who she is. Like this is how I thought outside of the box. I just looked at other people who were doing stuff in my industry who were successful. Um, and I, I saw Lindsay and I saw how she had, had found her own niche of like popping EDM violin and even further like making high pro- production music videos with her projects to like even make it stand out even more. And I was, it's, it was just a matter of like, okay, like she was able to think outside of the box and achieve success in this niche of EDM and pop. What if I did it for trap and hip hop? Like it, it wasn't this whole thing where I like had this big, you know, moment where I was like, Oh, this is the, where I've, I've I figured it out. It was just like, okay, like she has done this. She's already paved the way for this kind of like difference in, in music style. Um, what if I just take it in a different direction? So I would say, and I don't know if this would apply to every industry, but I would say just look at people who have achieved success in what you're trying to do and see how they have thought outside the box if they have it all. And then just try to find like small ways to just change what do to do it differently, you know, to, 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 to put your own spin on it. And I would say looking at people who've, who've achieved that success before you was a great way to skip a lot of that, you know, wondering how to get there and how to create something from nothing thinking outside the box and just kind of look at what's been done before and how you can just kind of twist it. I couldn't agree with you more. I have interviewed Lindsay Sterling more because I was an entertainment reporter for for, yeah (laughs) I've been dude I I have interviewed her yeah dude so she I've interviewed her more than anybody else in LA like probably five plus times she is dude she is the nicest person like super like great personality just great head on her shoulder she she's just so cool uh, and just, That's I amazing. love her story too, because you, as you know, she, I think it was America's got talent. Yeah. They basically told her, you know, what you're doing is just not right. I don't know if they said it wasn't right, but they just basically shot down her, yeah. you know, her dream. Yeah. But all she did was practice that much harder. And then, you know, now she, you know, she sings a little bit and she, you know, she dances and does the violin in one of her show. I got to see her show and it was just, I mean, there's a huge production behind it, but still, I I mean, she went on a national platform, got smashed and then just rose like a Phoenix and did her thing. And just like you said, just paved the way for just so many people. And I just, she's, she's just a super talented, super nice individual. Yeah. Definitely one of my inspirations for sure. 
But it's interesting, even before her, uh, I... I'm sure you know the band Yellow Card oh, before yeah. they dis, before they dismantled. Like I didn't even know that existed, you know, because growing up, you know, violin was more of a band thing, more of a classical thing. But then Yellow Card came out, and I'm just like, who is this dude with this see-through green violin just rocking out? I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because I know you love performing live too. Oh when you get on stage and you could describe one word of you performing live, what would it be and why? Just elation, just pure elation. Like I've, it's just, I've never felt more alive, like more authentically me, more just like I've shed all of like my insecurities and all, all of just like the things that weigh me down. It's just like pure, just elation, man. I don't know. It's just like doing, it's just, I've wanted this for so long. Like I, this has been, I, I, something like I had a, a pretty, just like, this is a whole other thing, but I had a, a pretty hard childhood growing up and, and I really wanted for myself to, to just have it be worth it growing up. Like I just told myself, you know, like this will be worth it. Like when you're an adult, like you are going to have whatever it is like that you're searching for, like what I was searching for. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just like love or like just being able to be myself and like be happy. But like, it's just a dream come true and it's just pure elation. Like, I don't know, just living out your dream is one of the, the best feelings in the world I've ever experienced. That is a great, great word. You mentioned having stage fright, performing on a stage live is your favorite thing. How did you get over your stage fright? Dude, I don't know. Like, it's it's weird. When I was younger, like, it was just like, you. I could tell that it was inauthentic when I performed. I could tell that I didn't want to fucking be there. <laughs> it was just mm-hmm. internally it was just obvious like I, I was like why do i want to go perform for 100 people right now i don't even like what i'm playing i don't like this classical piece i don't give a shit about this classical piece like i'm i know i'm gonna screw up like one or two parts because it's hard as hell but like now like i'm playing my music i'm playing music that i created from nothing and that, like that i created basically inspired from others and it's just like this is my art this is my and, and people like it and I like it. So it's just like, it was just, it's just a completely different experience for me. And I do remember like, even, even I did, I've like, I always have a little bit of stage fright, but it's different now. Now it's more just like excitement instead of like mm-hmm. anxiety. Like before it was a lot, a lot, a lot of anxiety, but now it's like, it's different. And I think it's because I'm, I'm being authentically me this time. And before you go on stage is, did you kind of do like a three, two, one go type thing in your head as your pre stage ritual if you will yeah i mean i'm probably still figuring that out i've actually only performed like like i said i'm only a year and a half in and like the past 10 months have been corona so like there haven't been any (laughs) live performances but like i did go on a run like the end of last year and did a bunch at at the end of last year and like honestly from what i remember it's and i do this with a lot of my life too so it makes sense but i just like just i don't even think too much about it i'm just like in the moment just like living just like whatever if i'm with my friends if i'm with my bandmates if i'm with people in the crowd if i'm outside you know smoking a blunt before the show like i'm just like kind of really not thinking too much into it and kind of just like living in the moment and that's been working really great for me and then you just you know you just go do it (laughs) i don't know like with corona kind of taking over i'm always curious how creatives are adapting to the situation because i'm kind of a glass half full type guy so i'm curious to how you have adapted to being a creative during the pandemic 
Yeah, for sure. It was actually like really like good timing for me personally, because like one of my goals this year was to teach myself production, um, like music production and, and also just like kind of teach myself everything that you have to, which I've been doing since I started, but teach myself everything you have to do as like an artist and that obviously you have to wear like 15 different hats. So I literally spent like 14, 15 hours a day, just like at my computer learning all these music production softwares, watching YouTube videos, learning editing software, learning uh, graphic design software, literally just like learning as much as I could. Um, and it, it's been, it was great because there were no distractions to like get me out of the house. And so I taught myself production. I taught myself all of this stuff and I like, kind of just like elevated myself as an artist and also put a lot into freaking TikTok. Like I, I doubt I would have had so much time to, to, to use TikTok and they really grow on that platform this year. Like I started in, in April and you know had you know zero followers and it's been like six seven months and i'm at where i'm at now because i've been able to put so much time into it so it's really just like looking at my tools like this day and age is amazing for creatives because we have social media we can market ourselves from our homes and really hone in our skills like on our own time so i agree half glass full you gotta you gotta adapt always always what's been more difficult for you learning video and music production or the Suzuki method? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I would say Suzuki was more difficult because I feel like the cool thing with learning uh, music production right now is I kind of feel like I'm learning a language that I already understand. Um, so that's helped a lot. Like I'm learning a new language that I've, I've understood the, the basics. It's like learning English from, if you knew Latin before or like something like that, like um, Suzuki was hard just because it's like, I'm, I started with no experience and then you have to grow in this 10 book method that literally pushes you so hard. And outside of Suzuki, there's, you know, a bunch of other books that you're learning at the same time for your technique and your rhythm and your scales and blah, blah, blah. It's just like a lot. Music production is kind of, it's all on one software it's all just like kind of like getting music theory down and like learning how to use the tools at your disposal to get the desired effect. I would say, yeah. So, and I've done it in like six months. I'm still not a master or anything, but I would say that's been easier than learning Suzuki for sure. And for real quick for people who don't know what the Suzuki method is, what is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like a 10 book, uh, lear learning method taught, um, by a lot of teachers around the world. Uh, it's basically like each book has a bunch of different songs in there and it's, uh, it's based off like the level you are at, as a musician. Like book one is for beginners, book 10 is for masters. And you kind of just go through the books through your learning years and uh, learn them and they get really, really difficult. I only, I only made it to, to book like eight. I didn't even finish the, the method before I quit. And then, and then you transitioned to trap. <laughs> yeah. And then, I, and then I went to college and put the violin down and then I transitioned to trap. Yeah. What I love is that you learned business as well. Mm. And then you took that to LA, which I feel like a lot of people just kind of, oh, I want to go to LA and move there without a plan. But mm. how has learning business helped you as a creator as well? Yeah, uh, enormously, honestly, like I, I do feel um, that you have to treat yourself as a business. Um, I really feel like it's an important 
skill to to have and to, to know and to learn uh I'm pretty sure this applies to any industry like if you treat something as a business then you are moving forward and like i said like the 15 different hats you have to wear to run a business you understand that and you can you know organize and time manage and delegate and do everything you would need to do in a business to move yourself forward but for yourself so it's it's i, def, I definitely have been able to use a lot of what i learned in school to to keep this business moving forward and expanding and growing and do you think creators or have you come in contact with creators who just want to basically create and essentially be a starving artist yeah there's always a fine line especially with just like i don't know creatives everyone can be like a little touchy on you know their art and their their journey and stuff so I never try to step in too much, but I definitely will give advice to like my friends that I see that are, you know, for example, um, maybe doing a little bit too much. Like it's a common thing to kind of like put to just like try to do a lot as a creative. Um, like I know people who are trying to direct and they're trying to act and they're trying to write and they're trying to produce and they're trying to sing and they're trying to do all of these different things. And, you know, it's it's hard for me to, you know, uh, to not say anything, but I, you know, you want to let them find their own path, but I definitely give them advice. And for example, for that individual, I would say, you know, find what is returning the most and put everything into that instead of dividing yourself so much. Um, that's, you know, that's just an example of some of the advice I would give, but you know, you can only give so much advice and not a, everyone listens, you know, everyone's got to figure out their own path. Has it ever gotten to a point where you kind of almost had to have a heart to heart with somebody? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely gotten there before. And, but like I said, like it's, you really got to let them figure out their own journey. Like you can't put too much, too much into it without losing a little bit of yourself. Like you got to keep a little, you know, that, that for yourself, but just help when you can, you know, give what you can and it's their choice if they're going to listen or not. But I've, I've definitely had the heart to hearts. I've definitely, you know, tried to have the conversations and listen, I don't even, I can't even say that I know what's right and wrong. Like I just know what's worked for me and like what I think is right. So it's, it's all just about, you know, a balance and just being there for people. And without using the person's name, can you talk about what you actually said to them or what the heart to heart was about? Yeah. I just, I just told them like, look, you're, you're so talented in all of these things. But like what I was like, first off, what gives you the most happiness? What gives you the most joy? What fills your soul the most? And they answered that. And I was like, okay, well, I, I agree. I, I, mean, I also think that you are the most talented in that area and that you, you can be the most unique in that area. So dive into that. So just, I would put the other things maybe to the back burner for a little bit and kind of dive completely into that. And, and, you know, they they seemed responsive and they, said that they were going to do it, but you know, not anything against this individual, but people say a lot in LA, like people will say, people say a lot in LA. So it's hard to ever know, like if it's actually going to happen, but I hope it will. Yeah. I, it's funny. You said I used to call them walkers or talkers, you know, with Uh all due respect to each side. Um, but like you said, everyone's going to do their own thing and you know, you're just, you know, you're there as a friend. So, uh, I, I totally get it. Do you believe, um, having a why is super important to what you do as a creative? Yeah. Uh, yes and no, honestly, like, I kind of figured out my why and I'm still figuring out my why along the way. Like I really did not 
know where I was going to do or where I was going to take it or like what I was going to do with it. Or like, you know, I had like my, my first why I was like, Oh, it's, it, there's a, it's cool. Like my friends will like this. I like this like that, but it wasn't like the biggest driving thing for me. It was more just like, let's figure this out. I just looked at it kind of like a, from a business angle. I was just like, these are your skills. These are what you came out of college knowing and what you're good at and what you like to do. Let's just do a little bit of each and, and see which one's giving you the most return and go with that and figure it out along the way. I mean, I'm a big proponent, like running and gunning a lot of people like, but also planning, obviously like overall big plans. Um, but yeah, I'm a big proponent of just like doing, they're just like diving in and like figuring it out along the way. So I think it is important to like have your own why as you're doing that, like to make sure you're, you know, existentially correct and mentally healthy and everything. But I don't think it's the most important thing as long as you're just like trying. And I know that the whys evolve either daily, weekly, yearly, depending on what you're doing. Uh, what would you say your why is to be exact as of this moment? Yeah. Um, why I'm, I'm pursuing this, uh, or why you do what you do, why I do what I, it's, it's a few things. I mean, so like I, from before it's, I definitely want to like inspire people to, to see this instrument in a different light. I want to kind of redefine the instrument and then keep it going for the next generation. Like that's definitely important to me, but also like just as a, as a human being, as a person, like it's, like I said, when I was younger, it was important to me to, to be somebody when I grew up. And I kind of just feel like I owe it to my younger self to, to accomplish that. And, um, you know, as far as like the future goes, like I want to be able to do something that I love and earn a living from it and like, you know, take care of my family. So it's, it's, it's a lot of things, but at this point, like, I just want to, I just want to like, live up to my potential. That's like probably the biggest thing. I just know that I am onto something and I feel like this is like my life's purpose. I feel like I found it and I want to, to live up to it more than anything. Whether it's creating content or, you know, playing an instrument or just as a creative, what would you say the most common excuses that you hear? I would say more than anything I hear especially in the music space, I hear, oh, but I don't know how to produce or I don't know how to record myself or I don't know how to make that beat or I don't know how to edit that video. Or, and I, I would say it's skill set. And that's tough because you can, with today's technology, you can teach yourself anything online, anything. YouTube can, University. Yeah, you just have to take the time and to do it. So that's the hardest thing for me as a creative uh, to see in other creatives them saying, oh, I can't do this because I don't know how, because we have the tools at our disposal to learn almost anything. So I, I would say, yeah, that's kind of like the, the main thing I hear, but I don't think that's a good excuse. True that. And what would you say your dream goal is as of this moment? Mm, I want to create a portfolio of original music. I want to build a brand off of trap violin and I want to tour the world uh, playing and, and playing music and growing a fan base. And I want to give back to my communities and communities in need um, all over the globe. I, I feel like that's part of my life's mission. Who are your dream collaborations? Oh my God. 
Lindsay Sterling, <laughs> of course. Like that's that would be number one. She's definitely a huge inspiration. Lindsay Sterling, and then outside of the violence space, I think it'd be really cool to do stuff with like Travis Scott. Eminem would be a dream. Yeah, I'd say those are like my big three, probably. Have you ever thought about, especially with TikTok, I just thought of this, but just like a way of going about it. So it's like, okay, you want, and I'm not sure if Lindsay's on TikTok yet or anything, but I've seen you do collaborations with a couple of people on TikTok or something like, you know, one of her songs or doing a cover and trying to like post it on social or even creating something with Travis Scott or anybody else. Have you thought about going that route as far as like almost making your own collaboration and just doing your own spin on something and maybe putting it out into the social media world for them to see yeah i've i've definitely crossed my mind and i've done like i've done remixes of like big hip-hop songs before and like put my own spin on them and stuff and they've worked well for me in the past and it is something i would you know continue to look at in the future um it's just probably not my biggest priority right now i mean i i I do think it would be a really good idea for organic marketing and growth um but so and I, so it's definitely on the radar um, and, and not completely like out of bounds, like it wouldn't be hard, like difficult to do that difficult, but just not what I'm focusing on right now, because I uh, this year's goal for me was to uh, find my sound as an individual artist and to put out a lot of music on streaming services. And um, that's the only two things I'm really like putting everything into right now instead of like recreating other covers or like other people's you know, music, but TikTok's a really easy way to like duet with people to like collaborate with them. So if Lindsay were to put up some sort of video I could duet to, that would be really easy as well. If Travis Scott did anything, I don't think Travis on there, but last but not least, uh, if somebody came up to you in the street, is like, Hey, you know, I saw you on TikTok. I've seen all your work. I think it's great what you do. What is the one piece of advice you can give me? What would you say that would be? I would say, yeah just like find your niche find what makes you unique and really dig into that and experiment just find what makes you personally unique and experiment with it and and throw everything at a wall and see what sticks you know just because it's it's hard like there's so many talented people in the world so many talented people that that aren't gonna make it unfortunately because there's it, the, the pool is just so big and it's hard to stick out. And so it's like, it's, that's like the hardest thing for me to see as, as a creative is these talented motherfuckers who like aren't getting the traction that they deserve because it's just like, there's just so many of them. So I, that's like the a big thing for me is just like, I want to tell people to just, you like, and I'm not saying it's bad to be like everyone else. Like that's, it's still talent. It's still your art. And that's amazing. But if you really want to make it doing something like that, then I really think it's important to really just find what makes you unique and find your niche. And if it's in a, in a, in a large pool, like try to make it smaller. That's great, man. Uh, and where can we find you on social media? So I'm everywhere at the trap violinist. So just, Search that up, and then if you want to find me on any music services, streaming services, I'm Clejan, and that's C-L-E-J-A-N. I appreciate your time, man. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. 
All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I would love your help. This podcast is brand new, so I need all the help I can get. If you would, just subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I really, really would appreciate it. And last but not least, I got a little something for you. For the last 10 years, I have been writing, shooting, producing, editing my own video to get my dream job as an entertainment reporter in Los Angeles interviewing the stars. Now, that might not be your dream, but if you are in this industry and you are in this field, you are going to need to learn how to write, shoot, and edit, produce your own content. And now I want to personally train you on these skills so you can create your own journey and make money while doing so. So what I want you to do now is log on to Facebook and request to be in my private Facebook group, On Camera Professionals. Once again, it is called On Camera Professionals. But wait, Thomas, I really like your stuff. I really want to learn from you, but I don't want to be on camera. Don't worry. I got you covered. In this group, I'm going to be doing a live training, so that means live tips and tricks. I'm going to do giveaways, freebies, and I'm also going to do personalized training. So once again, log on to Facebook and type in On Camera Professionals, and I'll see you there.